This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello everybody and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. On the 24th of February, when this was recorded, it was the very sad day when Ukraine became the target of Russian aggression. I was out and about in central London at a coffee shop called Monocle, catching up with the uber-talented musician and flute player, Philippe Barnes. Whilst we both agree that it would be great when we can finally not have to speak about Covid, today, five weeks later, the world can only speak about one subject and the dreadful war in Ukraine. To this extent, and I'm sure that you're doing your own thing to help where you can by donating, the Flute Centre of New York are having an Instagram fundraiser for UNICEF with the aim of matching all donations up to $5,000. To find out more, visit Flute Centre of New York Instagram account at Flute Centre of NY. So back to Coffee and Philippe, and you join us as we were musing about how the creative arts in the UK were largely forgotten when it came to governmental support during the Covid lockdown period. But it's the same, the creative arts were just, yeah, I mean, you can, I think the UK government would say they did the same as Macron did and they did in Germany, that they gave people that were employed furlough which gave them 80% of their salary but that's not that doesn't cover the creative arts where you are self-employed and you make your money from day to day night to night week to week yeah and so many people make their living from a mixture of employment and self-employment and then suddenly if one of your teaching jobs just stops paying you one of them maybe puts you on furlough and you get a little bit of money from that and all of your self-employed work goes and you're not covered because you didn't quite meet the threshold yeah suddenly the 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 good living that you've built up the respectable living yeah. is suddenly gone for no fault of your own and, um, again you know none of us knew how long it would go on originally we thought it was two weeks wasn't it two weeks and then it was three months and then it was maybe this will go on for a long time and certainly at the beginning I was not ready to hear anybody saying it would be in terms of years <laughs> although I did have some people telling me uh, telling me that and you know some of them were correct in their in their guesstimates <laughs> yeah but, hindsight's um, a great thing isn't I it I mean I started um my wife was, was working full-time rescheduling bookings um, without any income coming in and I started trying to get some online teaching yeah. and I started focusing on future things, um, writing some more books, finishing some more pieces, thinking that at least I can create something that has longevity and isn't just a short-term uh, scrabble for money because uh, as well trying to get any of the short-term jobs I was competing with everybody else in yeah. the same position um, so a few friends of mine did manage to get delivery drivers things and um, but you know for, for everyone applying for the job 
it was very difficult to actually get something. But I managed to get a good few students. Um, I did a few live streams and things, mm. which were they were good. Yeah, they were good. Like at the start. Um, and but people very quickly ran out of energy to um, enjoy them to and would you call it zoom fatigue yeah i mean the, i feel like the the skype ringtone <laughs> yes <laughs> gives me anxiety um, and i have a couple of students that i've kept on now um, one of them is in person and one of them is online. Um, the rest of the students I passed on to other people sure. after about three months because um, I got COVID right in March 2020. And you were very poorly. So. And I was, at the time, I wasn't very poorly at all. I was maybe a week not feeling too good, but then I was fine and I was exercising and yeah. happy and out then, for three months. And then I got long COVID yeah. um, and... I'm now, that was September 2020, so a year and a half ago, and I'm now finally coming out the other side of that. My playing is totally fine. Your breathing's fine? The breathing is, I'd say 90%. Like okay. I still struggle with um, cardio, yep. and I still struggle with stairs sometimes, Right. Um, but I'm gradually rebuilding kind of stamina and, and everything. It seems... It seems Ridiculous. You know, still looking. In, you're still looking good, though. I mean, it's been. Well, you didn't see me six months ago. I saw you on Skype, uh, on Zoom, whenever that was. When was that? So we had a we had a coffee. Was, do you know, we have lost two years. The last time yeah. we met in London in Notes, the coffee place, yeah. that was over two years ago, wasn't it? Wow. And then we we spoken on online, but crack it. So let's let's bury that. Let's mm. bury that. Yeah, so, I'll be really so, pleased when we have when we never have to speak about any of that stuff again. No, but I think <laughs> it, what's, what's important is sort of, um, building the narrative to where you are now, yeah. because yeah, we've unlocked, and I think it's today where all the rules on masks and everything in the UK sort of disappears. I'm still wearing a mask. Um, yeah, I think most of the people on the tube still wear today. Even yeah. it's but, no longer a rule. So we are having to learn to live with it. Um, but you are now sort of, I wouldn't say reaping the rewards, but you are now be incredibly busy. Yeah, yeah, things are starting to be, um, to be happening again. The summer's very busy. Um, as a I, solo artist or as a group, which ones or both? Um, kind of everything. I mean, the, the main band I play with has had two years of postponements. Um, so this summer is now full of stuff we should have been doing two years ago. Um, the teaching, I've, I've really cut back. Um, I'm still teaching at the Royal Scottish Conservatoire. Mm -hmm. I have a student that I teach her online because um, uh, she's doing Silver Flute Principal Study on the trad course. Um, oh, that's unusual. On the trad course, on the Silver Flute. Yeah. And is allowed to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's great. Like she's, uh, I want to say second year now. I should definitely know that. Um, <laughs> she's just done her Erasmus over in Sweden. I think it's probably one of the last years that right. that would have been an option. Um, it's Turing scheme. Now. Is it the Turing scheme? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a new scheme, but yeah, it's I, a bit I, weird. I, I don't really understand what's. <laughs> 
it's yeah, it's probably probably more complicated, isn't it? Um, and I have uh, an Italian guy living in London who I teach in person, and he's learning Irish flute, so we do um, wooden flute stuff, and he regularly brings me olive oil from his hometown. So, so you're paid in kind, are you? As a student. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you use the olive oil just to um, debase to the wood? <laughs> <laughs> I take it it's first pressed olive oil. It's not, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I use uh, almond oil for oil. Yeah, absolutely, oil. yeah. I was trying to catch, you, I, out. I was trying to catch you out here to say, yes, everybody <laughs> should use olive oil. <laughs> first pressed. <laughs> You've got a file. Can't let, what's um, what's oh, in the yeah, file? Well, yeah, let's have a chat with some of these things. I know I sent you some things um, yeah. as I was creating them. You were. Um, now, this is... The CD of uh, The Wilderness Yet, which we were due to release in 2020, and then all of that summer festivals disappeared, so we did it online, and we've now started doing gigs to actually promote it. We did a few festivals last summer, and um, it's really well received. It's, I don't do a huge amount of flute on it. Um, no, you do everything else but flute, don't you, by the looks of this? guitar, whistle, um, and three-part harmony singing. And so the whole CD, it's the wilderness yet, the name comes from a line in a Gerard Manley Hopkins uh, poem, which we've set in there as a song. But all of the songs are wilderness nature themes. Um, what I find really interesting with this, your group is that it always sounds like there's more than three of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a couple of the tracks that we have got, we have cheated and we've got extra Bowron on there and things, but generally it's just the three of us. Ryan Pickett, Rosie Hodge, Hodgson, I haven't got my yeah. glasses on, so I'm struggling here. <laughs> and Philippe Barnes, oh yeah, that's you. Yeah. It's, I tell you, it's a wonderful CD cover. Uh, the artwork's done by a, an artist called Adam Erlers, um, who I knew from living in Brighton. Um, he it is stunning. He does beautiful kind of surrealist nature-based art. Um, it's well worth checking out on Instagram. It's O-E-H-L-E-R-S. And he's just started doing the artwork for our new album. And inside this one is a pull-out poster with four different panels made into one long oh, kind of nice. landscape picture which depicts a different song from the album. So you know, it's in one of these in the sleeves. But, um, so should we listen to one? Sure. Which one should we listen to? Bearing in mind there are six tracks here. Oh, well, I mean, I should probably pick one the flute or not, I suppose, but... Um, no, it could be anyone, can't it? Let's see, Song of the Whale has some lovely flute on it. It's actually the um, the TJ celtic gold flute on that one. So. This is funny. Everyone who knows Philippe, the man who wrote Irish, flute on, uh, Irish music on silver flute, he actually sneaks in a goldie flute in on a few of these tracks. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> He's sold out. He's sold out. Well, yeah, I said I'd never play a gold flute until I tried that one. So. <laughs> Do you, what, what's the sort of... Um, sorry, so which one is that? Let's, let's listen to that first. Yes, uh, Song of the Whale. Song uh, of the which Whale, is which is number... Track seven. Track seven, uh, yeah. We paired the song by Eric Bogle with the... Irish uh, Port Nabuki, which um, was allegedly from the fishermen out in the in their boat, would hear the sound of the humpback whale, and they thought it was this 
a song of the fairies. So they were hearing it through the you know, through the hull of the boat, and uh, this was the the slow air that they. So let's they listen to a little bit of this track, yeah. shall we? Maybe just the fluty bit. This is a fluty bit. No, <laughs> I need some. I need some coffee. So that was rather gorgeous. Uh, another coffee's coming. We're in a place called Monocle, which great name. They, they do magazines, don't they? They sell magazines upstairs. But um, oh yeah, I always used to, to like that one for the plane because it was had loads of different stuff in it. It wasn't very long, and yeah. uh, absolutely nothing that nothing that would I would ever indulge myself in. Yeah. But um, although I'd love to have a Monocle. For the last, 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 Christmas, last Christmas, of course. Last Christmas, I only asked for two things last Christmas: a top hat, yeah, and a monocle. Yeah, and your family assumed you were joking. Yes, <laughs> they did. I had to buy myself a top hat. I'm disappointed that I didn't see you wearing it today. Coming down the should have done. It's a Thursday now. Thursday is in our house. It's called Drama Thursday, where I'm allowed to enunciate the vowels. I'm allowed to sort of be quite artistic in how I explain things. What you're saying is that it used to be used to do it all the time. Your family's gone. Look, we've got a clamp down on this. <laughs> Only one day of the week yes. are you allowed to be yourself. Yes. And bearing in mind, all my kids have grown up, uh, and my. My daughter is a forensic psychologist and just looks at me and just shakes her head and just says, you do need therapy, Dad. <laughs> so, yeah, monocle, it sounds, I'd love to have a monocle. I just think that's really me, don't you? Yeah. Here's your, here's your coffee now. So that, that is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring to Thank you. Coffee and water. So that is a beautiful album. It's called the. Well, I need my glasses. The wilderness yet. The wilderness yet. That's interesting. Having that three-letter word, yet at the end. 
Yeah, it makes it difficult actually when you're talking to people about it because if you want to say, oh, we need to book some gigs for the wilderness yet or whatever, it's like you've already got the word the at the start. Yeah. But what's interesting is it makes you think you're not just saying the wilderness, yeah. which sort of closes off the, um, the story straight away because everyone thinks, oh, it's about this. But the wilderness yet... Well, certainly for me, because I would look at that and I would probably spend longer looking at it and think, what does yeah. the yet mean? Well, it's the end of the line from that, from that poem that says, long live the weeds and the wilderness yet. Long live the weeds. Now, the weeds, that is a... Sort of a, a weed to one person is a flower to another, isn't it? Yeah. And to nature, do, na- do, you, do you think nature even knows? They know that, hey, I'm a flower, or hi, I'm a weed. Oh, I mean, some of them probably do. <laughs> Let's go on to my favourite thing, the thing that has always drive, it's driven me crackers since the first day. Oh no, you've got new ones. Oh, oh yeah, so... Oh no, it's um, your book, let's talk about your book <laughs> first. So there's a new edition of the book. Um, Irish Music on the Silver Flute by Philippe Barnes. And what I've done is, the last NFA was online, Yep. so I did a workshop um, slightly different to the one I did in Orlando and it was a play-along Irish music session, but it was slow-paced so that anyone could join in, and I also provided all of the music for it. Oh, it smells good as well. You have to smell a book, <laughs> the don't fresh you? Um, so now the book includes all of the tunes. So it has... Um, I can't remember exactly how many sets it is, but there's a load of sets of tunes at the back. Um, because people often, when they get a tune book, they're like, oh, this is really good, but um, how do I put them into sets? How do I decide what tune should go after the other one? Um, so there's a few sets of jigs, a few sets of reels, um, a set of slip jigs. Everything's um, notated above each piece as well, aren't they? And this, the rest of the book still has um, all of the ornamentation, and I've updated a few things, a few of the descriptions are new. So anyone who came to the workshop, it's the same stuff. It's actually a bigger book, isn't it, than the original one? Quite. Yeah, and then it feels, you know, it feels nice having it a bit, a bit thicker. But there are also, I've picked tunes that we would actually play in sessions in London. Because um, I always found with tune books that a lot of them, inevitably, they get outdated. Because although some tunes are perennial there are ones which come in, a, in and out of fashion or the person that's booked the book together maybe wouldn't have the same taste as as someone else so when you are buying a tune book you're really you know someone has curated that set of tunes for you i still find it incredibly difficult to get the ornaments in the right place well just put them wherever you like yeah but <laughs> Yeah, but when uh, I don't, it's it's like a, a cultural feel. It's like something. It's. I think it's the same. Really, it's the same as any style of music. The more you listen to it, the more you get a sense of what feels within that tradition and what feels outside of it. Um, so that's why there is a general consensus among people about how something should be, and you'll always have people arguing about the fringes of that. Um, you know, especially on Facebook flute forums, but um, there will be some kind of general idea about what what the main thing is in the middle. Um, I mean, I was speaking to, I did a podcast with Veronica Vitatskova oh, yeah. in um, Vienna, 
uh, a few weeks ago, and she cut her cut her mustard when she was younger, doing the penny whistle in Dublin. Oh yeah. You studied <laughs> in in Limerick. Limerick. Um, so really, you managed that you and Veronica managed to sort of indulge yourself in the culture and understand the base, the roots of where everything came from. So does that make a difference when you're trying to perform it? Uh, it does, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Brighton, which was a very, That's very um, multi-cultural yeah. place for music. Um, and it was, you know, longer ago than I care to remember now. But um, there was a lot of Irish music there. Fantastic concertina player, Mandy Murray, um, Nick Pinn, fiddle player, uh, Roger Leach, fiddle and, and box. Um, and uh, I didn't know at the time, um, occasionally Rowan's dad, Charlie Piggott, was actually over for, for sessions and Rowan's <laughs> mum, um, uh, Francis, who did a lot of our artwork for our... Um, we have a songbook that goes with the... You do, yeah. The wilderness, yeah, and that has all of that in it. And Rowan, once we started playing together 20 years later, said to me, oh, you're the blonde-haired flute player from Brighton that my dad learnt this tune, The Blackbird, off. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I think that definitely had to have been... So the, new, the blonde guy from Brighton. I mean, that that's a nice that's a nice name for a song, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, I've been trying to. I've been talking recently about how to describe my duo with Tom Phelan. Um, in that's, terms of that is an interesting one. A real snappy, short description of what the music is and where it comes from um, to help with promoting mm. gigs for it. And it's it is a a very tricky one coming from a background of. You know, I studied classically. Yeah. I also studied uh, with Irish teachers. Um, I learnt, uh, played with a lot of flamenco bands and yep. studied flamenco and studied jazz. So my heritage is also confusing. Like it's uh, German and Breton one side, and it's Scottish and English the other side. And it's like this isn't a simple, you know. Uh, Brighton jazz flute player but ah. in a way I wonder if that's an easier way for people to understand it and that you know all those influences are in there but people always say to me when they hear that album oh it's jazz and I'm like well I kind of think yeah. of it as, no, as I don't see, I don't, yeah I don't music. I don't see it as jazz because I think that if you listen carefully there's so many other influences going in, going on within that album. Yeah, but in a way, it's like it's trickier. Um, it's trickier as time goes on, and people have so much access to all kinds of different music. How do yeah. you go about starting to describe your influences? And it's um, this is something that's applicable to everybody. I started doing uh, Nicole Ricardo's Instagram uh, course, and you know that very first kind of thing is about well you know you, you need to decide what you're what you're selling and how you can describe it very you know in a, in a very short sentence and I'm like oh <laughs> falling at the first hurdle here well, that's the, the problem is you're a sort of world musician you're a musician you're not, you're not a flute player you're a musician 
that happens to play the flute, the guitars, the pipes. You, you say that, and that's what I said in one of my music college auditions, and they were absolutely horrified. No, but from yeah, but, <laughs> but was, I, I guess that was thirty years ago. Yeah, but for, yeah, I have this theory. Anyone can play the flute. You just pick 20, it up. Twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can play the flute. You just blow across the hole and wiggle your fingers. To be a musician, you have to make an emotion, create an emotion. So for me, there is a delineation between one and another, and I class you as a musician. You can play fast, you can also play slow and haltingly. And uh, yeah, I think trying to pigeonhole you is going to be extremely difficult. Well, the older I get, the more interested in the slow and haunting. Oh, the older you get. Oh, <laughs> you're still a pup. You're still a baby. What you got here? Um, These are great picks, by the way. So. One of the things when we made that first album with Tom, the Madrid sessions, we I'd always envisioned it being flute and piano pieces that other people could play as well. Because yeah. um, I just love Tom's um, piano arrangements that he creates, and his harmony and his the, you know the way he does the sort of uh, comping, I guess is the is the sure. word, but I don't want to make it sound like <laughs> the grooving. <laughs> so. Um, there's already the all-knowing salmon, which uh, Gareth McLennan yep. put on his album, and lots of people know it from his playing uh, piece. Uh, and then I've got a new, new couple of pieces, Jigaria, which is a cross between a jig and a flamenco galleria. Um, so it starts with a slow jig form that's um, inspired by a Manuel de Fire tune, although it, it won't sound anything like that because in the arrangement we did that's now completely gone so um, and then it goes into a kind of more jazz fusion-y middle section um, and then the other piece is called Up which is like a real high energy Irish three-part reel which is slightly more harmonically adventurous than a normal reel would be mm -hmm. um, so it goes from D to B major in just a few bars which is quite um, Oh, kind of That's that, an interesting one. A handbrake it? turn, yeah. as it were. Um, and then in the, in the middle, it's got a really cool, um, if I do say so myself, uh, it's got a cool little jazz flute solo um, in the middle. So how do you notate this? Because obviously when you, you saw the, the piano, and yeah. the piano is being played, you then, are you busking over the top? How, are you, how do you get from playing something to actually notating it? Because I can't believe that you'll play every note on here because you'll mess around with it, won't you? Well, what I've tried to do with all of these pieces is transcribe it as true as possible to the recording. Oh, really? And it's hard to do that when there's repeats. Yeah. Obviously, I might do something slightly different on the repeat, but I've tried to put in my favorite version for someone to do that. Um, having said that, I'm very happy for people to vary it if they want to themselves. So. I'm not precious about the performance being exactly as it is on the page. Um, That's quite unusual for. But I know for um, for um, when I was studying and I was getting pieces that had like a jazzy flute solo in the middle, and occasionally you'd get one that just had the chords and it would say improvise. I'd be like, oh, what? You want me to how? You know, because it's all very well me now. Yeah, I'd be I'd fine. I'll, I'll play something great. This is fun, but at least give me something that I could fall back on if yeah. improvising isn't something that I'm comfortable with, or you know, give me something that I can fall back on if I'm in a performance and I'm you know stressed. 
and I'm nervous <laughs> and I'm going to go like, well, at least I know that this will work. And, you know, give someone a, a framework. But, um, this is extremely professionally done, as in not only written, but the way well, you present it, the artwork, the paper, the I used binder. to work for um, a contemporary opera composer transcribing all his stuff into Sibelius for Novello. So right. my Sibelius is... Um, yeah. hopefully up to scratch although I'm sure he would make a few corrections if he saw it um, so how do we get hold of the Jigaria and the, the other one which is Up, that's a great name Up uh, they're, they're all on my website philippebarnes.com it has either physical um, paper sheet music or um, you can get them as PDF downloads as well. So if you want to print them out at home or if you want to have them on your iPad or your computer, then, then you can do that too. Uh, which has been great for things like, you know, I have people order from Chile and postage yeah. from Chile is very complicated from England, but very expensive. And um, the, I think the times, there's a few places I've tried to send stuff to and it just, <laughs> it just never gets there. So. so do you do the print run yourself? Yeah. Wow. And then you, you do the print run yourself. What's, how many is in each print run? Uh, maybe a hundred. Really? At That's a time. Cool. Wow. Um, and it's in stock at Just Flutes. Um, it's in stock, some of my pieces are in Flute World if you're in America. Sure. Um, and I'm just talking to someone about distributing it more widely so that it's easier to get kind of everywhere. Brilliant, because you're... You're one of these guys that when I first met you all those years ago at an NFA will wander around sort of thinking, I actually don't know anybody. Yep. <laughs> and you're now very recognisable. Oh, that first time was terrifying. <laughs> I was lucky that um, I knew Gareth McLennan already and he's very good at um, talking to people and introducing people. So he, he made sure to grab me and say, talk to this person, talk to this person. So, um, you know, that made that first trip a lot better and I'd also met Bill McBurney oh, um, Bill, yeah. a few months before because I was playing in Toronto um, for another project and I went to see him play in this little restaurant oh, yeah, brilliant this I mean just stunning like I'd heard him play before on YouTube and things but never seen him live and um, I met him afterwards and just the nicest nicest Absolutely. loveliest man um, so when when we went to Orlando um, I went for dinner with uh, him and his wife's vet and like we're now great friends and talk regularly and he's uh, given me some great uh, jazz pointers um, and uh, yeah I mean I'd love to go back to Toronto actually it's a lovely place one place I haven't been it's uh, been we're, we're talking about NFA weren't we I yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, we were. So I'm, I'm really easily... It's just gone really quiet down here. Yeah. We, we've attended. scared everybody away. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but oh, yeah, but you're sort of totally recognisable now. The geezer with the blonde hair from Brighton. Yeah, this is a good time for a picture now. I've got a hell of a beer going on here. Yeah, I've been trying to grow mine all through last year. as far as I've got. Yeah, problem is it's matching. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'd have to dye the beard as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't work out whether... Whether I'm best sort of keeping it long or going short. I'm just hiding the, the bare face. No, I think, a, I think the beard's a good look. That's the thing with age, is that everything drops, but you can hide it behind the, the hair. <laughs> so you're, it's instantly recognisable now, and 
Yeah, well, I gratuitously put my face on the front of the sheet music, which... Yeah, but I, they're fabulous pictures. You know, uh, <laughs> and you, you are... I, I swing so, either way, like, going, oh, this you're is You're so self-effacing. You're so modest and self-effacing when you're not on the stage. When you're on the stage, you're, you're sort of in your face because that's a you're musician. Although, come from away, you mm. come from away, which is the most brilliant, brilliant show. And there's pipes that masses of pipes in it isn't there and you get oh you're, you're actually on the stage but you're sort of on one side so in yeah. london you're on the right hand side yeah and but you get your bit at the end don't you when you come and stand here and this about me now <laughs> and you start playing in front of people don't you and it's yeah that's i mean that's it was so lucky that that came to london around about the same time that we'd moved up um and the guy who's who's uh whose chair it is, Matt Bashford, um, is also from Limerick. He went to uni at Limerick, same uni I went to, but a different time. And he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant piper and whistle player. And I, I depth for him maybe once a week. Or if he's he was on when I went to see it, you weren't. I was hoping yeah. you were on it, but. You have to come again. Oh, it's worth going to see though. It is just a stunning. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really fun show. I find myself still laughing at some of the jokes, <laughs> and I think, and, I, and I'm like looking around at the rest of the band, thinking, are they, are they like, going, <laughs> are they judging me? Are they like still laughing at that joke? <laughs> For, you know, fifty shows in. But it's just so tight. It's so tight, and I didn't know the story, but just so yeah. tight, and how everything's geared around a load of chairs. I mean, it's just yeah, the choreography is it's just amazing. brilliant. Yeah. I um. I still haven't actually seen it from the audience perspective. I, have, I need to go in and, and see it from that, that way. I've only seen it from side of stage or, or from doing it. Because you've got a lot to play in there. So are you concentrating on the dots? Or you played it so many times, just know when you're going to come in? Um, I'm not concentrating on the dots, really. Just just you know making sure that I'm, I'm coming in in the right place. But <laughs> making sure I pick up the right whistle, because there's 17 different ones on the stand um, and I've now uh, quite early on I picked up the wrong one for a little bit and it was a C sharp instead of a C you never forget that <laughs> but um, I've now marked all my whistles with a bit of uh, glow-in-the-dark tape so if, if it's one ring it's uh, a white note if it's two rings it's a sharp or a flat you know extra help if you get a chance to go and see it in whatever country you're in come from away it's just it's just fun. Yeah, I think it's on tour in America as well as being on Broadway. I think it's in Canada um, and it's in London. Um, just feel good, isn't it? It's such a feel good. Yeah. With a touch of reality at the end. Yeah. You think? Yeah. And the music's brilliant. Like the the guy playing Bowron, uh, Ray Fien, I didn't realise was it's actually one of my favourite drummers from an album called Cool Finn by Donald Lunny. And we were doing a thing in the bar next door on a Tuesday night. We used to play tunes in, in the Phoenix Arts Club. And I was chatting to him about something and he mentioned something. And I, I sort of put two and two together. And I was like, hold on, you, you're the guy who drums on that. That's like my favorite album of all time. Like some of the, the kind of time displacement stuff they do on it and just the tune writing. It's like, it's so interesting and modern. And, do you find this whole fantastic. community is just much bigger than you ever thought it was? Yeah, yeah, and it's 
it's bigger and it's smaller. Like everybody knows someone that knows someone in the trad yeah. community. You know, like you can go anywhere in the world and jump into an Irish session and play tunes that everyone will know and meet someone that knows someone down the road. And I mean, not just in trad music, but um, Irish people in general are always like, you know, it, it doesn't take them long. If they meet an <laughs> Irish person somewhere else in the world, it doesn't take them long to find out how they know each other or how they're related or, you know, how they, which friend knows a friend from the town near them. Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun playing on that show and I'm having to, I'm doing Irish pipes on it as well, which has been great to get that going again because I did that as my second instrument at uni and then didn't do a huge amount with them after that because I was doing a lot of flute work and a lot of guitar work. And then I did a, there was a 1916, the show which was in development, which I did a few a few things with, with uh, John Cameron was doing the arrangements mm -hmm. and he was the guy involved with Les Mis. He was something to do with orchestrations for Les Mis, I think, and he was writing music for this okay. new show. But I'm just now getting the regs fitted on my on my pipes very soon, so I shall have the little chords for the for the right hand, which is very exciting. So ultimately, all the work that you've done in you know, the past two years, let's not mention that anymore, but the last two years is coming to fruition now because your profile is much, much bigger, not only on socials, that I think you're, you're, you're due to do an FA gala concert this year, aren't you? Yeah. That's um, the one of the big ones, when you can get the gala concert invite. Yeah, so the first, the opening concert of the, of the NFA is in Chicago this year. Yes, Very excited about the food. If anyone has any recommendations for food in Chicago, there's um, a brilliant pizza house not far from there. Excellent. Um, um, I'll, I'll take you there. Yeah, great. We've booked our flights already. Um, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be flying again as well. Yeah, I, yes. I love traveling. I love going, especially to places that are hot. Um, we, yeah, we're doing like a 40-minute set in that first. Really, concert. 40 minutes again. So, wow. I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Um, lots of other things are happening. Me and Tom are working on a new album. Um, we've been putting together a five-piece kind of Celtic jazz fusion band, sort of like Snarky Puppy meets mm -hmm. The Chieftains. But, oh, um, that's going to be interesting. Big sounding. We're two tracks in. Um, we're just starting to work on the, the next two. It's quite a long process because the drummer and the bass player have been busy with uh, shows and Tom, the piano player, has just been in the Gambia for a couple of months working yeah. with some Gambian musicians. You got a horn section? No, I mean, we might do for some of it. It's uh, At the moment, it's uh, I'm doing flute, whistles, pipes and guitar and um, my wife's playing fiddle and Tom's on keys and there's bass and drums, but we've got a few people coming in to do guest spots. Um, Atapadad, the Uthman I work with, and planning to get him in for one, and a few of my flute playing friends, uh, Callum Stewart and Orla McAuliffe, and get them to join me on a track for the three whistles thing. And um, a great Scottish singer, Ainsley Hamill, is going to come in and do some songs with us, hopefully, and some, some Gaelic singing, which will be exciting. But I think that's that's quite a juggernaut of a project, so that's going to take a little while to get it going. Isn't it just? Um, if you're talking Snarky Puppy Chieftain's Fusion, I mean, it's... Well, it's uh, a lot of... It's a lot of... That's potentially complicated of, as well. It's a lot of stuff to learn. <laughs> get in the brain. Whereas me and Tom doing a duo, it's sort of... 
it's a very easy thing because we worked together for such a long time and written so much music together. It's just like we just need to find a time we can both do and, and um, make some things. I've been I was uh, chatting to Jose Valentino about maybe producing it, and it just depends whether I can get all of the things into place for that to happen. But, um, we'll see. Well, it'd be a good one to produce it, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, I think because he's such an amazing player and he knows both instruments so well and he has so much energy. Oh, he has too much energy. <laughs> Trying to st- <laughs> I proved that when I rang him at five o'clock in the morning yeah. to do a podcast and he started talking and playing. You yeah, think? I enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just madness. So it's going to be a really busy summer for you coming up. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a shock to the system, to be honest. <laughs> Getting back into doing so much stuff, you know. Um, yeah, but you can pay the bills now, which ultimately... Yeah, it makes, it makes a big difference. It does. And that's what we always have to remember with the creative industry is that, you know, around the world, they've just gone a couple of years with, you know, struggling on how to pay the bills and going out and, as you say, being delivery drivers, who, for yeah. me, delivery drivers were like the sixth emergency service. Yeah. But... Uh, Oh, Philippe, it's been wonderful to catch up. I do hope this comes out okay in that the earlier part, when it was a noisy Monocle Cafe, <laughs> I can strongly recommend Monocle Cafe. It's on Chilton Street, just down the road from Howarth's Clarinet Sack Shop. Oh, yeah, I hadn't been here before. It's got a nice basement as well. A friend of mine recommended it as a good... It has, and I will put the links down to Philippe's website and also to his Instagram and his other accounts because... You, I'm sure you've all heard of Philippe. I think everybody's heard of Philippe now, because if you think about the contemporary flute world that most of us live in, Philippe inhabits that, but is known for his Irish style of playing as well. So um, if you think about an Irish flute player within the classical flute world, Philippe we, and Gareth would come up as sort of two easy to recognize names. Uh, great to see you, Philippe. And, uh, and uh, yeah, let's catch up again soon. We'll do some more on some of your new pieces, but I can certainly recommend Jigeria. Jigeria, sorry. Jigeria. That sounds like a uh, disease, doesn't it? <laughs> Jigeria. And that's, that's an int- I haven't seen this picture before. It's you oh, smiling. Yeah. If, you t- <laughs> if you turn it over, there's Tom on the back as well. So oh, it's taken it from the, the studio. Um, yeah, so I, I rarely smile in photos, much to my wife's dismay. She's always using one of those apps to like move my smile artificially into the, with my mouth into the shape of a smile I'm like if you see me in a photo and it looks like I'm not smiling that is me smiling I'm just smiling relative to how happy I am you're just a shy <laughs> you're just a shy person aren't you inspiring me to go and practice that's what that disapproving <laughs> looks about no, I think when you, when you know Philippe you know it's okay to be shy because you know when you get the instrument in front of you and you've done all the work that when you go on the stage you can just let loose and be free and that's what you are most of the time, isn't it? Yeah, it's very kind of you to say. No, no, anyone who knows him knows that. So thanks for joining me, Philippe, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Pleasure, you too. Nice to see it. So thanks to Philippe, and thanks also to you for listening this week. For more information on all his music, albums and video recordings, visit philippebarnes.com. That's Philippe, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-E, Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S dot com. So until next time, 
wishing you a musically fulfilling week ahead and may your second octave C-sharp be especially resonant and always in tune. Goodbye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.